strangers, it's finally here, the episode you've been waiting for. I finally talked to Randy Havens, who plays Mr. Clark on Stranger Things. We talk about overnight oats, his addiction to cold brew coffee, his past jobs, Taylor Swift, 1980s short shorts, and his favorite books, and what it was like to play Mr. Clark. This is a long episode. We talked for over two hours, uh, and I'm giving you about an hour and 40 of it. It was recorded via Skype, and I hope you enjoy it. Enjoy Randy being, as he says, sassy. And enjoy his ASMR, guys. Stay strange. This is Randy Havens, and I play Mr. Clark on Stranger Things. Get ready for a new episode of the Upside Down Podcast with our special guest, Randy Havens, doing ASMR, special ASMR edition. Hello. Randy, what's up? How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Great. What are you eating? Oh, uh, oh a little overnight oat. <laughs> disgusting looking. Give me 30 more seconds. I'll finish this before so I don't smack my way through the pod to the podcast. I think this is gold. I think we should keep it. What's the uh, poster um, for yeah, behind yeah, you? Yeah. What's what, huh? What's the poster for behind you? This thing, this uh, second city. I did a, I did a, uh, Comedy on a cruise ship. Oh yeah. Kate has a, had a show on TV Land called Teachers, but I'm the most famous person in the cast. <laughs> Sorry, rest. Sorry, rest of the cast. Ridiculous. I'm the one. I'm the one who made it all the way to the kind of near the bottom. So you want to just you want to just keep chatting and you can keep eating. Yeah, I, I just you just gotta give me a minute or two. <laughs> We can I think it's some, fine. I think some food chewing ASMR. I feel like people will enjoy you you chewing food. I'll bet they would love it. I'll bet they would love it. I bet you get a lot of complaints, but then I'll bet some people go like, "I liked it." So, how are you doing in quarantine? Ah, uh, not great, Bob. What kind of stuff are you doing to keep busy? I uh, just started a home workout. Cool. Uh, um, because I can't go to the gym, so. Were you in the woods or something for the first few weeks of the lockdown? No, I like live in the woods. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I do a lot. I've been doing a lot of, I've been getting like deep, deep, deep into my backyard, like um, doing uh, some deep backyard yard work. So all those images of like dead dolls and things, they were just in your backyard? Oh, no, that's from the Dolls Head Trail in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, okay. I've only lived in Atlanta three years, so I haven't been everywhere yet. God, check out Dolls Head Trail. It's pretty cool. Not as creepy as I thought it was. It's like a bunch of artists. It's like a bunch of artists went there and made art out of trash. Sounds pretty rad. It's fine. It's fine. It's not my. It's not my. It's not my style of art. But <laughs> I, I like creepy stuff, so I was like, okay, well, this is kind of people are think, gonna think it's creepy. Yeah, people have been telling us we should go to, like, the uh, Cabbage Patch Museum, or... I don't know what it's called, but I guess it's got a lot of Cabbage Patch dolls. Yeah, well, yeah, it's the, it's the hospital. It's the freaking hospital where Cabbage Patches are born, dog. 
I've never been there. Got to explore, but there's nowhere to go now. How long have you been uh, locked in your house? Um, what, what do you mean? Well, like, like, well, like when did your lockdown? Like, I haven't left my house since March 13th at all. Oh, yeah. I, I leave my house to go grocery shopping. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I am. Uh, whew, wow. I mean, not that it. Not that it helps my sanity to go grocery shopping. Yeah. It just makes me more. I'm like, oh, nice mask you're not wearing. <laughs> Did you see the mask of that lady where she went to like a gas station and she had the mask on, but she had like cut out a slip for her mouth and her nose holes? Yeah. She said it's just easier to breathe that way. That guy's TikTok is, is, is amazing. He does not give a fuck. He so- must be in Texas or something because like everybody that comes into his store has a fucking gun on their head. And he has a gun on his hip, and the guy that's working with him has a gun on his hip. I'm like, that's Texas. <laughs> I didn't even realize it was from, like, a TikTok. I just saw it, like, on the news. Oh, yeah. No, uh, she came back with the mask without a hole in it uh-huh. and was like, and was like, you don't have the right to videotape me. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And he, was, he was like, sure, I know. Uh, and she was like, uh, that, was, that was wrong of you to videotape me. He's like, you're wearing your mask right, though. So we were supposed to do this interview back in November with Kat. But it didn't come to fruition. Yeah, so I'm... what the fuck was her problem? <laughs> so I'm glad, uh, I'm glad it's happening now. I guess I should start uh, talking to you about Stranger Things, what the people came here for. Oh, yeah. We're going to start now? I'm done. I'm done chewing. I'm almost done to- chewing. Bro, I'm keeping that. That's all of that is staying in. I think people will enjoy it. Do you not want it to stay in? <laughs> Great. Can't wait. Okay, okay. Cool. All right. We're going to... This is official now. <laughs> it's, so it's, so happy everyone heard me fucking chewing my food. I think this is probably going to be the most exciting interview you've done. People are going to hear you chew. They're going to hear you drinking like some kind of coffee mix. Yeah. Uh, today's drink is a, uh, once again, homemade cold brew. Oh, hey, did you ever bid on anything that a A24 was offering in that auction? No. That shit's like freaking thousands of dollars. That flower dress was... 30k last time I checked I was like I don't I ain't rich I checked in because I was like maybe I can get a floral wreath or something but even those were going for like three thousand dollars so there was no way but it's kind of cool because the floral dress was bought by I think the film academy right so whenever the virus is over we can go see it in a museum I was gonna say it's like an Indiana Jones situation this belongs in a museum Okay, so here we go, guys. We have that you've been acting for about 15 years, and I'm kind of curious, what did you do before that? Like, I know you did improv and, and that you were doing the grind, but did you have any other jobs before you were an actor? Uh, I worked at a video store. I worked at Fuddruckers. I sold electronics. That's pretty much it. I was like, fuck these places. Fuddruckers was my like first job out of high school. Uh, I uh, washed dishes and uh, prepped uh, prepped the food. That's cool. Wow. Way to respect um, <laughs> a, and a fucking essential worker. I do respect essential Damn, workers. Damn, dude. Come wow. on. Come on. Wow, listen to this. Listen to the <laughs> sass on this one. I used to be a, I used to be essential. I want you guys to remember, I used to be essential, man. Those essential workers, I don't know what we would do without them right now because we're having, like, our groceries delivered. Like, everything that we have coming to our house is like an Amazon driver coming to our house. So it's, like, that's a hardcore job. Yeah, uh, those those people, um, they deserve their own holiday. And also they deserve to get paid a, a, a fair wage for what they do. Definitely. If not more. They deserve everything. When this is over, I'm going to give all of them a foot massage. 
When this is over, what's the first thing you want to do? Nothing. I'm done. I'm done with everything. I'm done. I'm finished. You're finished? I don't want to do anything ever again. I hate people so much. Seriously? What yeah. about what about the good people that are staying home? I truly do. I don't care about them. I don't <gasps> care about anybody. Randy. I don't care about anybody. Nope. Those people that those people that refuse to wear masks and are going around coughing on people. You ruined it for everybody else. So sorry. What about I'm, I'm what about the Yeah, but what about know. all the rad people that are staying home? What about all the essential workers that want to meet you at a con? Uh yeah, probably never doing a con again, I'll tell you that much. That's something I'm kinda of worried about. They're driving Don't really want to shake hands anymore. Atlanta has a lot of ads for cons that are happening, like Dragon Con and Atlanta Con, and I'm like, there's no way those are happening. No, they they for sure canceled Dragon Con already. Maybe oh, they did? Oh, maybe I didn't they're even hear trying that. to bring it back, but oh boy, if you took to, like a hundred thousand people, okay. Yeah, we go to that That's... every year, and it's cramped. It's like person to person. You're like touching people at every angle. Yeah, those people are nasty. They smell. <laughs> Think they're washing their hands all day? No, they run out of soap on like day one. I like how you keep it real, Randy. I've been there. I know. I know the smell of Dragon Con. It's a smell like no other. All right. Let's. <laughs> I feel like I want to turn the boss guy. Like, let's get it more positive. So well, I... I'm sorry. You're talking about <laughs> COVID 19. We're all stuck in our houses. I shouldn't have asked you about the quarantine. That's I'm about this situation. You're like, what do you want to do when it's over, Randy? I'm like, is it ever going to be over? Uh, okay. Okay. True. I was just wondering. I was making sure you're doing okay. No, I'm not. Oh, that makes me sad. Are you, like, what are you filling your days with? Me too, dude. (laughs) Makes me sad. (laughs) What are you filling your days with? Yard work. Yard work, yard work, yard work. Cleaning my house. Just finding things to do. Have you painted any rooms in your house? I feel like we've painted five rooms so far. I haven't painted. That's probably next. Can't decide on a color. We're just doing white. We did, like, navy blue in our kitchen, and we... Fucked it all up because we did the tape weird, and so the blue is, like, bleeding all over our border. And we were like, you know, if we just had white paint, we could just slap it all around and it would be fine. So, white paint's pretty cool. You know what? White paint gets a bad rap. (laughs) White paint gets a bad rap. You know who should get a bad rap? White people. Am I right? Uh, yes, you're right. You know where there's a lot of white... Watch this segue. Watch this one. (laughs) This. I'm, I'm gonna fucking nail this one. You know, get, you know, it's got a lot of white people in it. Who, Randy? Hawkins, Indiana. <laughs> oh my god, that's accurate. It's accurate. You've said that as a kid, you loved performing and making your family laugh. What made you decide to turn that into a profession? Oh, uh, it's great. So uh, going back to all the shitty jobs I had, I would be like, you know, six months, a year, two years into like a a job, and I would go like, what am I doing? What am I doing with my life? Except for the video store. The video store I really loved. Um, and uh, I would be like, I don't want to do this. I can't I can't do this. And I was like, I don't I don't what job could I ever have that I would like want to have forever? And I just couldn't imagine any career out there that I would want to have forever. And I was like, guess it's acting. Did you do any kind of training for it? Or is it just like organic? Uh, no, it was very, it was very organic. It was very like, uh, because I'd been doing improv, I'd been doing like sketch comedy and like making short films with my friends for like years and then got into improv. And then, um, from that, like made connections in like the theater community and started doing like legit theater. And so it was all of, uh, 
it was all of that. Like that was like the, the buildup and, you know, did that for whatever, 10 years before or not quite 10 years, but, um, somewhere around 10 years before I actually started like booking jobs in film and television. I'm curious, where are you from? You're not from Atlanta, are you? I am. Oh, you are? Yeah. I don't know why. I thought you were like from Indiana or Iowa or something. The fuck, dude? <laughs> what do you mean, what the fuck? Those are great places. Um. <laughs> yes? Indiana or what? What was the other one? Iowa? Yeah. I picture I mean, you as a small child. Shucking corn. Shucking corn. Nope. Never shucked it. Never <laughs> shucked. I mean, I, I have. I have shucked a corn. My grandma definitely made me like help prep the food so i definitely shucked corn and like did whatever you have to do to the beans i think you have to like snap the ends off the beans definitely did that but yeah that's hilarious you think of me as a um as a redneck <laughs> cool what is happening on this podcast that is not what i was saying at all yeah. this is uh you, you i'm in a i'm in a mood this is excellent i've been, I've been in a mood for two months <laughs> Um, random question. I see in the background there looks to be some kind of trophy, like a dramatic trophy. What is that for? Yeah, that's uh, best best actor in a minor role in high school. Oh, nice. What was it? Oh, that's, um, I don't fucking know. Oh, man. So I think it was, I think it was, from, it was either the man who came, I think it was the man who came to dinner. Nice. If you know that, that play? Yeah. So people listening to the podcast right now will know that you're brutally honest. And I think one of the funniest things is if people follow your social media account, um, either your Twitter or your Instagram, you interact with fans in a pretty hilarious way. I'm curious, what kind of things do you like to get from fans as comments? And what kind of things are you always surprised by when somebody posts for you? Uh, I don't know. I don't know about being surprised. Well, I didn't want to say disliked, but I'm sure you get a lot of comments that are like, hey, can you get me on Stranger Things? And sometimes you'll have yeah. a really earnest response, and it'll be like, oh, what you have to do is study your craft, and you need to get an agent, and you really, like, talk to the people. And yeah, then and, sometimes then they, and, they, you... and then they get really mad at me for doing that, and they go like, well, all we asked for was your support. And then sometimes you'll give them a reply that's just like, I don't fucking know. And it's like, what? Yeah. It's yeah, such I mean, an honest way to like respond to fans. I'm just curious about that. I am def I'm definitely not in charge of casting for Stranger Things. I'm sorry. If I was, I'd give all of you jobs. It would just be a huge mess. Um, there's a reason I'm not a casting director because I'd be terrible at it. Everyone who went like, can you get me on the show? I'd be like, sure. Why not? It would just be a show full of people that weren't actors. There would be thousands of people in the show. It'd be a big mess. It probably would, would you know, second season probably would have been the last because once I started casting it, uh, there'd be, just be too many people in it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I love interacting with people. I love great questions. Uh, I love great questions that I haven't answered 50 times before. But yeah, that one is, no, I can't get you on Stranger Things. No, I uh, can't introduce you to Millie. No, I'm not going to tell Noah you said hi. Uh, yeah, those are, those are, um, those are like the ones that I get like the most, like of people like uh, DMing me. And it's just like, nope, can't help you, bud. Um, <laughs> if someone wanted to talk to you, they would. Uh, but yeah, no, it's not, it's not, it's definitely not my job to get you in touch with this celebrity that you're obsessed with. Um, unless that celebrity is me, in which case <laughs> I'll make a sassy comment to you in the comments section. Uh, yeah, no, I love, I don't love social media. Um, I think it's kind of gross and, uh, 
it brings out the the worst in people. I think people just like want like I think you know like we we all do in some way want to be like noticed in our lives. But like I think social media just like has created a, a sort of like this idea that like you can be noticed for like just being just being just like existing right yeah. like notice me look notice notice me i'm like who who are you like what what are you like you know a lot of accounts have like you know like are just like devoted to like this whatever thing that like this person like loves or whatever which is great but it's just like well i don't know who you are i have no idea who you are like every you know every post is a meme and there's no you there are you a meme we're not a meme I don't think one of my favorite memes things that you did though was when you had the uh, the Momo. Did you start that or did a fan start that? Momo. Not, I, the, not Momo, but like you know how you had like people like putting you with Momo. I did. I did. I did start it. Um. Uh. What happened was I uh, uh, am an avid video game enthusiast, and uh, I uh, changed my profile, my gamer profile pic to. Momo. And I had a buddy that like messaged, like texted me and was like, yo, you've got to change that pic. It's so creepy. And so I just like reposted the the text back and forth. And then the next uh, in my Instagram stories and then the next, you know, post in my in my story was just a close up picture of Momo. So of my profile pic. And then a lot of people got real mad at me because they think that Momo's real. Um, and when people get mad at me over stuff that isn't real, um, I get real sassy. So I got real sassy about Momo. But it was a wild ride, man. That was a heck of a summer. I remember uh, that. I remember when I saw those. It, I was crying so hard because you were just posting things that, like most actors are people that are like, I don't know, a celebrity status. They're trying to be very PC with their fan base or anybody that's communicating with them. Like, hey, guys, Momo isn't real. And I was just telling a joke. But you were like, this is totally real. And it was just it was so. Oh, funny. yeah. No, at, 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 at some point I had I, 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 I took a turn for the for the worst and it, it <laughs> got real dark. Yeah, I, 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 I did that at first. I said, like, this isn't real. Like, uh, y'all are crazy. I'm not going to like apologize, um, for all of the, uh, I think I said non, the non-existent people that killed themselves because of Momo. Cause like the whole, you know, like the, you know, it was like this big, like, uh, sort of like moral outrage internet hoax of like, Oh yeah, this thing is like sliding into kids DMS and telling them to kill themselves. And they're killing themselves because Momo told them to. And Mo and Momo's like in YouTube videos, like hidden inside of children's content and like peeping out and going like, kill your family. Uh, so I was like, Oh yeah, this is like nightmare fuel. This is great. It's very scary. Um, but it's not real. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I I went off. So a lot of people were like mad at me. So uh, at first I was like, uh, whatever, y'all are idiots. Um, and then like I was like, wait a minute, what if I apologize for this? So that's when I went on like my whole big rant about um, that I'm sorry. And now I'm working with the authorities. I'm using all of my Hollywood my my Hollywood connections to find the Momo killers and to bring them to justice. And I think I said I was going to put them on jail. Um, instead of in jail. And, uh, yeah, that was wild. That was wild. I got some great comments. I got the, I got a comment from someone, uh, I got a message from someone who was like, I know 
that you're not really you don't really care about catching the Momo killers. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. Uh, and they were like, I know that you're probably just your manager or your agent told you that you had to do this. And I was like, that's I mean, thank you for thinking that my agent cares enough about me to look at my social media. But you are wrong. Um, no one no one cares about what I post because I'm an idiot and they all know I'm an idiot. So uh, I'm just a stupid dum dum. And then someone photoshopped me with Momo and and that just started a, a, a renaissance out uh, uh, of of artistic endeavors, um, they posted a pic like they posted some kind of Photoshop of me with Momo, and I was like, "No, of course I reposted it." I was like, "No, don't do this, please, don't ever post a picture of me with Momo. I don't like it." Um, and then, I, I, and then, they, and then they kept doing it, and then I kept just reposting everyone because I'm a sick person. I don't think so. I think you have a really like you're you're really funny, but you have like an interesting way of looking at things. Like, have you ever thought about doing like making your own short films or like doing a podcast? I think people like that you interact with fans in such a like weird but genuine way. Uh, n- uh maybe I would like to make my own stuff. Probably not. That's real. That's <laughs> that's real hard. That's real hard. Being a director is like hard work. I like my I like the amount of stress in my life. I like have a manageable amount of stress in my life, I feel like. I like the high sort of high pressure atmosphere of working in, in film and television. Um but I also like the fact that when I go home at the end of the day, like the pressure is off. Yeah. And I think as a director you the pressure's never off. Like ever. Like it's there the whole time. Like <laughs> even when, you know, the thing is done, like even when you're done working on it you've still got up like the pressure of it's got to be good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The Duffers, uh, the Duffer brothers work 50 weeks out of the year making that show. They get about two weeks off in between seasons. Um, but you could do a short, you could make a short film or you could write a script with your unique viewpoint and let someone else take it over from there. Okay. All right. Well, if you can find someone I'll trust, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I don't know who you would. I don't know who you would trust. Uh, you know, with the podcast thing. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll just I'll just be a guest on other people's podcasts. No one wants to hear me talk for that long. Oh, that's not true, dude. I've been trying to get you on our podcast for three years. Well, here I am. I know, and it's amazing. <laughs> it's don't don't fucking blow it. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know. A lot of the questions that I had written out for you were like pre-virus. And so a lot of them seem a little bit ridiculous to ask you. You're like, uh, what do you do for fun? I'm like, whatever I can. Whatever I can do without leaving the house. <laughs> well, I know I know one thing that fans like to hear about is they're always wanting a way to like connect with the actors. And I know that you're like, I know that we share a lot of the same favorite movies. I know Midsummer is one of them. What are some of the movies that you're watching right now to kind of, I don't know, you got to kill the, the daytime with something. Uh, yeah. Uh, doing some rewatches for sure. Uh, mostly watching TV shows right now because I, the days are so long. <laughs> they go on forever. They never end. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, rewatching a lot of stuff. Just rewatched Django Unchained yesterday. Classic, classic Tarantino Western. Um, watched I've never a, seen that. 
What? I read a book called Rebels on the Backlot a while ago, and they were talking about how Tarantino used to make all these films with his friends, but then he kind of left them all behind, and it really bummed me out to Tarantino movies. But I guess I can go back and revisit. I mean, when you're the, you know, one of the greatest filmmakers of your generation, I feel like you can leave your friends behind. (laughs) You were going to say that. What are they going to do? They're going to drag you down. You got to work with the best. You got to bring in the best. You're like, I'm, you are my friend, but you're not the best. And I need the best on my movies because I'm the best. Um, uh, I think Tarantino's friends are going to be just fine. I mean, all the guys that were making films with him early on, they're still making movies. Except, except for that one guy that killed someone. What? Yeah, his uh, the guy that, that wrote um, Pulp Fiction with him. uh, uh killed someone in like a DUI accident. Oh, dang. Have you found that, are you trying to watch like more positive things because of the virus? Because no. Yeah. I generally like, like midsummer or darker things, but I was watching, we just started homecoming uh, on Amazon the other day. And I found that it was so kind of depressing that I didn't want to watch something that I found depressing. Season one or season two? Well, we want to watch season two. That's the one that appealed to us, but I didn't know if I needed to watch season one beforehand. I don't, so we're I don't think you one. do. I think I, I, I think they're I think they're I think they're complete. I think they're like and it's like an anthology. Uh, yeah, I tried to watch season one and I was like, um, Julia Roberts, you know, Lilas, love you like a sister, but uh, can't do it. Um, yeah, it was, uh, uh, I don't know, just wasn't my cup. Just wasn't my cup. Uh, but no, I'm not, I, I'm not stuck on positive things. I do like things that are like kind of cathartic. Um, I did watch, uh, uh, Cracked Up yesterday, which is a documentary about, uh, Daryl Hammond, who was, um, uh, a performer on Saturday Night Live. Very gifted, like mimic, um, very gifted uh, impressionist. And uh, it's a documentary about um, his incredibly messed up life. Like he's, uh, he really, he really, uh, he really got put through the ringer. What else? What else are you doing? You reading any books? No books. Oh yeah. I'm reading Rant right now by Chuck Palahniuk. Um, unfortunately, Rant, uh, I didn't know this it's going in. Um, it's a, uh, it's about a, a pandemic, a global pandemic. <laughs> I was like, oh, fucking perfect, man. Well, I saw that was like number one on one of the streaming services is everybody's watching Contagion. And I was like, why are you watching Contagion? We're living in it. I know. I did play Pandemic, the board game, like at the beginning of the pandemic. And I was like, that's fun. This is a fun little. That's fun. Now I'm like, put me out on the streets, man. Give me at the CDC. What we need is contact tracing. And we need it at the local level. We need 10,000 contact tracers beating feet. We need them out there on the streets. Can you believe all those people that were at the beaches on Memorial Day weekend? It was crazy. <laughs> I would be too afraid to do that. Yeah. I mean, I can. Yes, I can believe it. I can believe it. This is America. They're like, weather's good. It's hot outside. Water's wet. Let's get it. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if we get any spikes uh, in, in cases because of those things. But, you know, Georgia seems to be doing okay with, with its, uh, the reopening and, and, and people are going to restaurants and I guess not practicing social distancing and like not wearing masks. And I'm like, okay, if there's like, if things aren't like blowing up right now, maybe the warmer weather is, is, is 
doing a good enough job of, of killing it. I don't know. But yeah, no, I can totally believe it. Uh, you know, I, I'm taking a wait and see approach to it. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I hope they all get coronavirus. I'm like, I hope no one else gets it, honestly. Um, let's, you know, I hope it's over for the summer uh, and that people can go outside and have fun for a little while because it's going to be back in the winter and we're going to be stuck inside again. Yeah, I think the virus makes you realize either how fortunate you are or I don't know. It's just made me take stock of things like I work somewhere where I've been allowed to work from home and I have, you know, like an acre of land behind me. So I'm able to go outside and I just realize when I'm talking to other people or when I'm hearing other stories that some people just don't have that opportunity. And so it's made me feel like I feel bad, like I feel guilty that I'm I'm fortunate in this way. So I'm trying to like, you know, donate to food banks or just anywhere that I can. Yeah, I, I, I definitely feel very fortunate as well that I'm not starving or <clears throat> um, worried about money right now. I'm not. At some point, I will be uh, if, this, if this goes on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it does suck, you know, when you're, uh, you know, when you're not auditioning and you're just watching the money in your bank account go go lower and lower and lower. But uh, you know, understanding that that we're doing something that's, uh, you know, we're 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 saving lives, saving lives by staying inside and playing video games. That's uh, what I was born to do. And uh, you know, I, I my mom told me I was a loser because of it, and she did not. Guess what? And guess what? I'm a fucking hero because of it. So. <laughs> Fuck you, mom. She did not. I feel no, like you probably not. have an amazing family. Uh, no, they're all insane. Um, Highly unlikely. I've seen pictures of your niece. You post it. You love your family. Admit yeah, it. she's fucking crazy. She's <laughs> crazy. She's, she's, she's cuckoo bananas. Yeah, no, my family is like, um, you see this? And they'll just like point at her and she'll be making a stupid face. And they'll go like, that's you. You did this. I'm like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Not my child. You take pride. I didn't, I didn't make her. I didn't make her. And they're like, whatever, whatever is wrong with you is wrong with her. Um, so, uh, so yeah, she's going to be, she's going to be next generation. She's going to be a generational talent in the next generation, whatever generation she's in. Um, hey, can we take a commercial break? I, 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 I got to refill my cold brew. Yeah. I'm just going to let it keep playing though. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let me know what you talked about. Uh, by yourself All when right. I come back. You're back. All right, guys. Uh, Randy just took his headphones off. I'm going to tell you what's on his dresser. I'm doing a video portion, so I don't think he can see me, but I can see him. He's got a, a bookcase with a lot of books. He's got a trophy case with some trophies and some action figures. He's got some of those Joyce Christmas lights lining a entertainment center and some Star Wars dolls. And uh, that's pretty much all I can see. So, yeah. And I can hear him in the background making that coffee. What did I miss? Hey, guys. Welcome back. I just described what was in the back of your bookshelf. Oh, <laughs> I was like, he's got, a sh he's got a shelf. He's got some books. You see this guy? I don't have one of those, and I want one of those. It's like the <laughs> I know. We live OTP, so like a lot of stuff isn't available to us. And then when it is, I don't have the money to buy it on eBay. Oh. Well. If only I knew someone who had some. Well. <laughs> You're shit out of luck now. Uh, I used to have I used to have a ton. 
You could get some. You've got connections. What kind of connections do I have? I've seen you at that Pop Funko factory. Yeah. No, I literally went to Funko HQ and they were like, we don't have any of yours. I sent them an email asking them to make one for Kat for like her birthday. <laughs> no one responded. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We need that bleeding eyes one. Someone did like a mock-up of her like bleeding eyes one and I was like, this is phenomenal. Well, those like the phenomenal. person. I, I haven't seen the actual figure, but I've seen the art she has because, you know, in her office, she's got all the different like fan art people have given her. But I think someone actually made all those dolls. But, you know, they were just like a collector's edition that they only made a couple of each. So, yeah. Yeah, because they were like homemade or whatever. Yeah, uh, I uh, I don't know if you saw. My friend was in North Carolina. I guess there's that Mr. Clark that was like in a plastic bag. What? Someone took someone took oh, him out. Oh yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that. They took him out of his box and they just sold him to some fucking store. <laughs> oh, we got somebody who posted one of our podcast sweatshirts for like twelve dollars on one of those eBay sites, and they're like. <laughs> Never, never worn perfect condition. I was like, oh man, that's rough. <laughs> what do you mean never worn? It probably wasn't their size. No, because when they first bought it, they took a picture of it and wrote this long note about how we know exactly who it is about how much they love the podcast. And then they posted it and we were like, that's cool. You know, you like things and then you don't like things, but then they tagged us in it. So it hurt, Randy. It hurt. They tagged you in the never worn. Yeah, like I guess they were like, hey, do you want to try to get some people to buy this? And it was on a hanger and it was kind of right. tilted. You know <laughs> what? This reminds me of something. This reminds me of the um, this thing on Instagram that I detest. <laughs> and now people are just going to do it to me more because I'm, I'm talking about how much I hate it. Um, they'll, uh, uh, the fan accounts will like make a grid of like all, all these characters and then they'll go, okay, who's getting eliminated? <laughs> and they'll just like eliminate characters one by one and they'll tag you until you get eliminated. <laughs> and then they'll stop tagging you. And I'm just like, please eliminate me first because I don't want to look at this every day. And be like, um, oh, did, did someone post a picture of me? No, it's not a picture of me. It's just, it's, you know, like I'm thinking like, oh, someone that I met like posted a picture with me or something. No, it's always... Um, nah, Mr. Clark's getting eliminated this week. You always know who's going to win those things. It's always like Mike or Eleven. We get tagged in those sometimes too, but it's never like we're not even on the picture. They're just like, hey, do you want to see what we're doing? And it's like, okay. Yeah. One of my favorite things is we just got a comment this week, and it was supposed to be really sweet, and I think the person that sent it was probably like a really cool, you know, like tween. But they wrote – Yeah, they sound cool. They were like, they do sound cool, Randy. They were like, uh, I just love your podcast so much. It helps me go to sleep. <laughs> wow. High energy. That's what we bring. Roast mode. Uh, maybe it's because you you make them so comfortable. That's and they I feel think. like And they feel like they're with their friends. Uh, I've definitely listened uh, to, uh, I listen to true crime podcast to go to sleep. Um, that's what comforts you. <laughs> That's what, like, relaxes me. Um, You're like, that could uh, be me. That could be there, me. There are, like, some There are like some that I obviously can't. Like, uh, the Golden State Killer is, like, no, absolutely not. I can, like, that shit, it's got to be broad fucking daylight outside. Like, um, it cannot be nighttime. Uh, it can't even be anywhere near nighttime when I'm uh, reading or listening to stuff about Golden State. Because um, that guy is scary 
No, uh, uh, Jonestown's a great one to to fall asleep to because it's just so dense. There's just so much stuff about Jonestown. Um, uh, but yeah, I listened to a podcast called The Last Podcast on the Left, which is like a like a funny take on like the true crime podcast genre. Yeah, they're pretty popular. Uh, yeah, they're very popular. They got Henry Zabrowski over there from TV's Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, which is a very funny show. Yeah, no, it's a great, uh, it's a great podcast. I've, I've, I've definitely gone to sleep listening to that before, and they're crazy. So, um, you know what? Take it as a compliment. I feel like that they're that that literally they just want to be like friends with you. I and take they, it and as it's a, like they're, ha- they're having a sleepover, and they're just like going to sleep while you guys are talking. I take it as a compliment anytime somebody takes their like five minutes to even find one of our episodes and listen. I think that's nice. So. You know what's a really good podcast is, I don't think it's popular, but it's called I Got the Hell Out, and it's by this lady who was in a cult, and her and her friend just decided to make a podcast together, and so it's edited in a way that's very, like, rough and raw, but they just say some of the funniest things ever, and then every week they make a Kool-Aid, like a Jim Jones kind of Kool-Aid, what would you drink, (laughs) just if you were to, like, take down your flock, it's so bizarre, but... Oh, weird. Okay. I feel like you. They should. It. They should. They should. They should make a drink that you can drink along with the podcast that won't kill you. It's not supposed to kill you. No, it's an. It's just an alcoholic. Oh, drink. okay. So this is a. So okay. So yeah, that's what I would. I would like before the podcast. I would. I would release the recipe. Right. So this week and go like and go like make up a fresh one of these. Yeah, they say it's then, time to drink the Kool Aid. Can you hear my ASMR guys? That's Randy's oh. ice cubes in his. Oh, it's... Welcome. Enjoying a nice mm, cold brew. <laughs> Delicious. That's your cold open right there. I love it. I'm going to use it. A cold brew open. I'm going to use all of this. People are going to be like, this is the best podcast ever. You guys didn't fucking talk about Stranger Things once. <laughs> no, just run it. Just run it back to back. The cold open is our entire interview. And then and then the episode is just our entire interview again. Okay. <laughs> I don't have anything. You're like, I really have done with you. <laughs> you just... ruined the show. I was so excited to have you on. You've ruined everything. <laughs> No, I just the worst interview ever. I no, it's just like I'm looking at my questions, and like I told you before, a lot of them were just very like fluffy Stranger Things questions, and they just don't feel like an appropriate thing to talk about like right now necessarily. Why? I, that's what I came here to talk about. All right, then let's do it. And you got me talking about quarantine. I don't have you talking about quarantine. You're, you're literally forcing me. I didn't tell you to tell us about Jonesboro. Jonestown. Jones Town. Jones, <laughs> Jones my neighborhood. <laughs> Guys, we've lost it. That's what happens when you're in your house for three months. That's right. That's oh, you right. know what? Did you did you watch Waco on Netflix? I have not watched Waco. Um, it, I, I'm interested to see what what take they have on it because there's a few there's a few different like ideas about Waco, right? I loved it. Like I binged it in one sitting. Well, I guess two sittings because I got tired. But there's a pretty epic moment where they're battling the ATF and the FBI and he starts playing electric guitar out the window. So just wait for it. Uh, cool. Okay. Okay. Um, do they, do they call the FBI out on this show for, 
Yes. So it's or the ATF, I guess it wasn't the, it wasn't the it was the ATF that really fucked yeah it was the up. ATF first. It's pretty interesting because what they do is so they tell the story, but it's more like I think they're telling it from the Davidians' point of view, and so it's it's basically on their side. I feel like the movie is so okay, but it was okay. interesting. I mean. They mix in like real footage, like yeah. from the day, which is really cool. But I mean, I'm definitely like not on the Davidian side. I'm definitely in the uh, uh, not having sex with children camp. But also, like, I don't think that um, uh, murdering a whole uh, an entire cult is is um, I think is a bad look. Yeah, I think, I, I, I think trapping people inside a burning building um, and letting them roast to death is like bad it's pretty bad definitely definitely could have like maybe let some of them live maybe not kill every one of them um but yeah i don't know i'll give it a, i'll give it a watch i'll give it a watch it's good it's out. good so let's let's turn this around boom you know what we let's talk about guys ranger we, links we got randy havens on the show he plays mr hey. clark on stranger things how you doing randy hey. Thanks so much. It's so good. To, it's so good to finally be here. I wish I had one of those horns. Boop boop boop. All right. <laughs> it's pretty. All right. So here you go. So Randy, your beloved is Mr. Clark, but we've heard a rumor that you were almost the movie theater manager, which was played by I think our mutual friend or at least acquaintance Charles Green. Is that true or not true? Yeah, uh, I think. I don't know. It was a different. Or did you audition character. for it? Maybe it was a different. It was a different character um, than what ended up on the screen, right? So initially, um, there was uh, uh, initially Jonathan worked at a movie theater, and uh, his boss at the movie theater was also the person that got him into photography. And so, like when he, uh, it was almost like he had like this adult mentor. So it was almost like he had sort of like a, a Mr. Clark kind of analog in his life. And that's who this character was. Um, but the character got cut during um, pre-production for the show. So I think they're just going through the show and going like, oh, actually, these characters are too similar. And also, if we just cut this whole like this whole storyline, we don't have to like budget for the interiors of a movie theater. So uh, I think that's what happened. No one ever explained it to me. This is what happened. <laughs> I went in. Um, I auditioned for like seven or eight different characters um they were just like throwing them out there they were like let's let's see what atlanta's got to offer and so i auditioned like i sent in a tape for mr clark i sent in a tape for uh the character that cat ended up playing then they were like we don't we don't uh it's written as a woman but we can you know like we'll look at it both ways um uh which i think obviously like uh having cat play that role is was the perfect choice Clearly, uh, I auditioned for the assistant principal. I auditioned for uh, like scientists, like another one of the like like backup agents for like um, Dr. Brenner, like one of the agents working with Dr. Brenner. Yeah, auditioned for a bunch of stuff. And then I got a callback for the assistant principal who I think ended up being portrayed by an actor by the name of Tony Vaughn. I believe that's his name. So when I went in for the callbacks, which obviously so so I self taped all of those auditions, and then the callbacks are obviously the the ones where you go in and you meet with the casting directors and uh, in this case the Atlanta casting directors, so Chase and Tara, and then uh, the LA casting uh, Carmen Cuba, and then also the Duffer brothers were there. 
And at this point, it was called Untitled Duffer Brothers Project. Uh, so I go in and I literally am like one foot is through the door. Carmen takes like one look at me and like, you know, she, her, her brain is like mathematical uh, and creative all at once. Like she takes one look at me and she just goes like, like literally for like, a second it's like malcolm gladwell's blink she just went oh i know what this is she like looks at me coming into the door she turns to the duffers and like as i'm walking in, i'm not even through the door yet and she's going what do we think about him as this other character if we decide to go a, a different way with that one so right away i'm like okay a they don't like me as this character b they don't like me as this other character either but if they decide to go with a different way on it, I might have a shot at it. So I was like, great. I can do whatever the fuck I want. I can play this however I want because they don't want me anyway. Um, so no pressure, which is the best way to be in an audition. If you're just like, oh, great. You don't like me anyway. Um, cool. Well, I'm just going to this is this is how I would do it if I didn't give a shit because uh, now I don't because y'all don't even want me for it. So it's a great way to do it because then the pressure's off and you can just do what you want to do, which is what you should be doing anyway. It's the hardest part about auditioning is uh, the best way to audition for something is to not care. So uh, I came in, I did this scene as the like assistant principal and the Duffers laughed. They thought it was funny. And then they were like, yeah, yeah, just take these other, take this other, these other uh, scenes and go like look at these for a few minutes and then come back in and do this other character. So that was the movie theater manager. So, um, I did it. I came back in, uh, obviously couldn't memorize my lines. I just looked at the character and I was like, okay, quick take. What, what's he about? Like why, what's his deal? And again, he was like very, very, very similar to Mr. Clark, uh, as far as, as an actor, like how I prepared for it. Um, cause I was like, oh, he's just like, a, a, he's just like a sweet bean and he just wants to like take care of, um, Jonathan in this case. And, uh, so yeah, just came back in and, 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 and played it like that. And then, uh, not too long later, I got the offer, um, to play it and, uh, very excited recurring role. And not too long after that, I got fired because they cut the character. So a uh, real roller coaster because then Chase and Tara were like, hey, we know your character got cut, but we'd really like you to come in and read at the table read anyway. And I was like, OK, I'll do it. I'll do it because um, I have no pride <laughs> and I need a job. And uh and then, like, very last minute, they were like, my agents were like, hey, can you, like, send us a tape of uh, uh, for this character, Mr. Clark? And I'm like, uh, already did. <laughs> Guess it wasn't that memorable. But, yeah, I'll resend it to you. Um, so I resent it. And, um, and that was, like, the last I heard of anything. I come into the table read. And... Uh, I knew who David Harbour was, and uh, I had never heard of Winona Ryder before. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, uh, I knew who Winona Ryder was, but obviously everybody else was like brand brand new. Um, and then like, uh, uh, so I come into the table read, and it's like in like this tiny tiny room, and it's just like jam packed with people. 
because Netflix like sends like um, a shit ton of executives to like their table reads um, to, I guess, just get a feel for the show and like figure out how to like start, like figure out how to like begin the process of like doing the marketing or whatever. And then everything else that has to do with the show and like um, figuring out, you know, where it's where it's going to fit, what how it's going to happen, all that, all that good stuff. So when I come in for the read, uh, before we start, the duffers are like walking past me and uh, uh, Ross says, uh, hey, we're very excited to have you um, play this character, Mr. Clark. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm very excited to read it at the table read. Like, that's a weird thing for him to say, because um, I was reading like multiple characters at the table read. And so I, I didn't quite understand what he was saying. Uh, and so I read, you know, like we read the first three episodes and then they gave us the scripts for the next three episodes, uh, to go home and like study those and to read the next day. So I come in the next day and Carmen Cuba sits beside me and she was like, uh, Mr. Clark is your, is yours. And I was like, what? And she was like, oh yeah, this, you, you got it. This is your part. And I was like, oh, cool. Awesome. And, um, very excited, very excited. Um, and the duffers come in and Carmen's like, oh, guys, I just told Randy that Mr. Clark's, uh, the, you know, this, this is his role. <laughs> and the duffers go, yeah, we told him yesterday. I was like, oh, that's what that was. Was it nerve wracking? Because generally when you do it, I don't know anything about a table read. So generally when you're doing a table read, do you get your sides ahead of time to kind of pre prep for it? Mm-hmm. Or so when yeah, you, you, get, you get the full scripts. Um, so, you ahead of time. so you weren't ready. You weren't prepared. Like the yeah, on day one, on day one, it was. They, yeah, no, they gave they gave me the first three scripts before oh, they okay, and, the, and then they gave me the first the the next three uh, to prep for day two. Um, yeah, it's not hard because you have a script in front of you, so it's 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 um, it's pretty easy. And I loved I loved that instead of an audition. Like I think that's such a better such a better way to like sh- show what you think about the character than than an audition where you have to do it in like three minutes. So you have like just, you know, every scene that the character has, you get to just have it and you get to just sit there with it and you got the lines. You don't have to like worry about memorizing it or whatever. You can focus entirely on what you would do with the character. And, you know, you get to sort of live in the character a little bit. You get to like have the beats of the scene, you know, so I, I love that so much more than auditioning. Um, it was so much less stressful than like a, a, a real quick go in and like go in, impress somebody and then get out. So, yeah, no, I really love the, the table read. You were saying that you did some self tapes. I know that there's some like really famous ones out there of like Natalia and Dacre. Do you have your self tapes? Is that something that you would put out there? Your readings for Mr. Clark or the movie theater manager? Yeah, it's real funny because like my self tapes, uh, I also dance shirtless in between. <laughs> I'm serious though. Would you ever consider releasing them? I think fans would love to see that. Mm-mm. No. No fucking way. <laughs> Sorry it's guys, so I tried. I tried. So, it's so bad. I like showed it to like my acting class, and my acting teacher was like, "Whoa, you sure you sure are doing a lot." <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. I can't believe they hired me. Never? There's nothing that would convince you to put it out there? I mean, you nope. got the role, so obviously you know what's happening. 
Uh, yeah, I do a good job on the show, but that fucking audition is trash. I'm just lucky they liked me in the callback. So that's one of the things, like, when we're talking to people like Carolyn or Karen say a lot of people that you know, Kat, they're always telling, um, like, fans of the show that listen that if they want to be actors, they've got to, you know, stick with their craft. But are you still taking – you still take acting lessons even though you're Mr. I- Clark? I did for a long time, for sure. Um, uh, I did for like years after uh, Stranger Things came out. I'm not currently doing it uh, right now. It definitely like got it got weird for a minute after Stranger Things came out because people were like treating me differently. Oh yeah. Um, they weren't because uh, I was doing Meisner and like Meisner is about like sort of just like saying whatever you're thinking in that moment. So it went for from being like you're creepy to like, I admire you like overnight. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, cause I'm creepy. It's a, is a, um, it's something I learned about myself. No, I'm kidding. I, I knew it. I knew it the whole time, but yeah, that's, uh, creepy uh, in the best way. That's interesting. That was, that was not the impression I was given. <laughs> it was definitely not, not in the best way. Uh, my fellow actors definitely did not give me the impression that I was creepy in a good way. And then, yeah, once the show came out, they were like, I admire you. <laughs> okay, why don't, you, why don't you dial it back a little bit, you freaking sycophant. Have you watched Barry? I have. It's hilarious. I love uh, um I love their I love Henry Winkler. He's phenomenal. He's like the perfect acting teacher. I'm like, yep, that's exactly what acting teachers are like. So I guess what I'll do now is on every episode we like to let fans of the show like ask you their questions. And some of these you've probably been asked before. I'm sure that you have, but it's just a nice way to like call them out and know that they connected with you in some way. So I'm going to ask them and answer them as you deem fit. Let's see. I liked this question from Dorky Malevin. She said, will Mr. Clark ever find out that Elle is not Mike's cousin from Sweden and that he's been inadvertently helping the students with saving the world the whole time? Uh, probably not. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a big that's a that's a big question. Uh, I don't think I don't think Mr. Clark would ever would would notice that they were the same person because it's like he had a very limited reaction or uh, interaction with 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 Eleven the first time he met her, right? And yeah. she's wearing and she's wearing a blonde wig. So yeah, I don't know why he would think. And 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 obviously, like as kids are growing up, like they change a little bit, right? So like, yeah, I don't think he ever like looked across the dance floor at. Mike and Eleven and went like, hey, that's Eleanor from Sweden, his cousin. He also um, seems very genuine. Like, he just takes whatever people tell him at face value. Yeah, that's the trope, right? All right, let's see. Allison Allgood wants to know, would you actually ever wear those gold short shorts that you wear in the show in real life? Are they gold in the show? I think I wear blue, I think I I wear think, blue ones in the show. Yeah. The, gold ones, the gold ones are actually, I think, I posted on my um, – uh, Instagram. Cause that was like Amy Paris was showing people something that we were looking at. Yeah. Um, and, uh, when we were doing, um, the cost, the costume fitting to figure out what the, what the right look for Mr. Clark was. Um, yeah, man, I love a I love a good short short. I've got some, I've got some great pics of me in short shorts. Y- y'all never see them though. <laughs> Those are for my true friends only not from the fans, Rough. but yeah, I love a good, I love a good short short. We'll see. I'll see you out there if we have festival season season. Yeah, uh, when I when I worked on uh, Halt and Catch Fire, they um, they put me in a pair of like uh, they gave me a pair of like tiny tiny jockey shorts 
for like an episode like and, and and like i was wearing like pants over it and i was like what is going on here and they were like oh because these pants are so tight we need something and i'm like and you and you and you had me wearing these manties a lot of people ask you stuff about season four which we're not gonna do i think it's fun talk about it anyway yeah i think but you, it's- but you know that I do know that. I think it's funny. I'm get we get a lot of DMs from people that have seen all the articles about um you know how Georgia just released the film guides to start filming again in Georgia yeah. and everybody's like it's happening and I'm like it's not it's it's not it's no. not. Uh yeah. So so sorry to everyone but Governor Brian Kemp does not dictate what happens in the film industry in Georgia. Um uh got to keep uh, those people safe. Every department involved in television film and television production is unionized and unions will not allow workers health to be put at risk um that is a great thing about unions uh is they're going to make sure that everybody's taken care of and they're going to make sure that that is a safe place to work because you can't always obviously rely on government agencies we see right now with the essential workers like their health is like at risk and they're not being being protected and there are no consequences for people dying on their jobs, but, um, that will not happen. Yeah. Not with, not with, not with the unions. That will not happen. Not on a, not on a film of production, uh, not on a film of television production. So yeah, totally. And uh, it shouldn't. Until it's safe, until there's a safe way to do it. Um, it's not going to be done. So, uh, we're going to, we're going to run out. We're going to run out of TV shows after a minute. It's, it's going to suck. But uh, but once once things get back in, uh, we'll we'll be making a lot of a lot of TV shows and 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 we'll be back in it. But yeah, so at some point after the pandemic is over, we're just not going to have TV shows for a while, or they're just all going to be really bad and like hastily put together. Stranger Things will not be one of them. The Duffer Brothers will not allow any sort of quality to go down. So they're they're perfectionists. So Stranger Things will always be good. But uh, there's going to be some bad TV shows that come out because people are just going to be rushing to put them out. They're like, fuck it. Put it out. They can't watch anything else. we got to be the first one out of the gate. I'm going to ask you this question because I really like these people. The uh, folks over at the Carter Library told me to ask you, who did Mr. Clark vote for in the 1976 election? Uh, who? That was Carter versus – I don't know who Carter went up against in 76. Mondale? Uh, no. I don't know. No, Ma- no, Mondale was Democrat. See, um, I feel like you Ma- voted Ma- for, for Carter. Ma- Ga- McGovern? Oh, that sounds right. Um, uh, yeah, he probably would have voted for Jimmy Carter. If he voted at all, who knows if Mr. Clark even votes. He probably does. He probably would do it just just so he could, like, if he had to teach a civics class one day, he could talk about what the voting process was like. I feel like he votes early. Vote early. He's an early voter. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he would vote for I'm sure he would vote for Jimmy Carter. Obviously, come on. Jimmy Carter put solar panels on the White House. You know Mr. Clark would be down with that. I'm just throwing this out there. There's a lady that works at the Jimmy Carter Museum named Carla Ledgerwood, and she runs the cool Georgia film kind of exhibit that they do. I think they did the first one this year, and they did a lot of Marvel stuff and Stranger Things stuff, which was really cool. But she is like a huge fan of yours. And she was like, please interview Randy at the Carter Museum. And I was going to try to make it happen. But no. So maybe if we get out of the virus and we have like we can have a, a positive <laughs> a positive interview, we can like go meet Carla because she's a big fan of yours. Yeah, no, I would love that. I'd love to get the uh, to get a little as long as as long as we get a little backstage tour of the Carter Center. 
Oh, it's rad. I went back there to interview her when they were doing the exhibit and they took me like behind the vaults and I felt like I was in the matrix. Everything was just like white and there were just like safes everywhere. It was really cool. Yeah. Did, did they, um, did they show you like the documentation that aliens exist? No. They, ah, ooh, they, keep, they keep the good stuff. They well, they were they were hardcore. So, like, they had Eleven's original dress back there, and they had Hopper's outfit. Like, they were dressing it for the exhibit, and they wouldn't even let me see it like, before it came out to the exhibit. I was like, I'm not going to do anything. Just let me view it with my eyeballs, and it was a hard no. I care about that stuff. I've seen all that stuff. No, I, I haven't. Wanna, Randy. I, I want to see the secret documentation of what Jimmy Carter really knew about the aliens. I feel like I feel like they'd let you back there. Uh, duh. <laughs> Until they looked at my social media, which obviously Carlos see my social media. We we're 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 muches. We're muches on Insta. Um, yeah. No, I would I would straight up immediately go public and go like aliens exist and they're real. I don't know the pictures. They're gonna take me down, man. But I'm gonna reveal the truth first. So what are you doing today? What are you doing after this? The best. I don't know. Now I, now I want to go watch They Live. Uh, oh, I one? love They Live. That's a good one. That's it. That's all the that's all the questions from the fans. I mean, I can ask you some of the other ones. I know that you don't like being asked the same thing over and over again. That's cool. This will this will be the official documentation of um, all these dumb questions I get asked. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, guys. And so, I'll this will be the final answer on all of them. Let's go. All right. Yeet Finn says, who is the most fun on set? Uh, all the kids are, like, super fun. Gaten's, like, hilarious. So I guess Gaten. Gaten keeps me laughing. Um, uh, my f- favorite Gaten story. There's too many of them. But uh, the, my favorite one, at least from season one, was, like, um, the scene at the funeral uh, at Will's like funeral when they're like in like the um, uh, like whatever, like kind of like wake type thing when they're like eating food and stuff. And the kids come up to Mr. Clark and he's like, Oh, how are you guys holding up? And they're like, Oh, we're like in mourning and sad and stuff. And Gaten's got like a mouthful of cookies. Nilla wafers. Uh, the not, the not, these are not Nilla wafers. That's not, that, that line. We, me, Finn, and Caleb could not keep it together um, because the Duffers were like, Dayton, can you fit more cookies in your mouth? And I was like, can he can he fit less cookies in his mouth? <laughs> How about this? Can he do no cookies so I can get through this scene without laughing? Um, that was it was like impossible. It was impossible to get through that scene without laughing. Um, yeah, that was like, um, yeah, getting hilarious. Um but yeah, they're all um, most fun, most fun. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a, it's a, it's a cool and collaborative environment. I think like um, everybody's fun and, and cool in their own way. Um, who else do I have a fun story about? Oh, here's a good one. This is a good one with Caleb. Uh, the scene where they're like trying to break into the AV club, where Mr. Clark meets Eleven for the first time. In the script, it says Mr. Clark finds the kids. He has been crying. So I'm like full method in a dark room, like right next to where we're filming, just like listening to sad songs, crying my fucking eyes out. Um, (laughs) And uh, in between takes, I'm like running back and like getting back there, getting back in that headspace and then coming back and, and doing it. And so Caleb notices and Caleb's like, is it like hard for you? 
to cry. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's, um, uh, it's pretty difficult. And he was like, oh, that's too bad. Watch this. And just like, looks like stares me, boom, like locks eyes with me and like, doesn't like, doesn't move a muscle, just like looks me in the eye and just like out of one of his eyes just starts fucking crying. I was like, you sir are a little shit. No, he's a great guy. Um, but yeah, no, he did that to me. He did that to me. He made me feel like a first year fucking scrub. I think the first time I met you was at a con at Pensacon, and I think I heard some version of that story. But I, I think... did. I, I told that story because he was there. Yeah, and I was gonna say I, I was think like, Caleb was, was there, and his reaction was so epic because it was just like, yeah, I'm amazing, <laughs> but like in a nice oh. way. Oh yeah, no. I was like, I gotta tell this story about Caleb, and Caleb like literally like gets up and walks over to me and goes like, "What is it?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, this guy is like super professional." <laughs> I was like, "It's the time that you like showed me how to cry on command. It's when you showed me how to cry on command." Here's an additional bit of ASMR for the podcast. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was like, I was like, "It's that." And he's like, "Okay, you can tell that story." I'm like, "Thank you, Caleb, for giving me permission to tell." Th-. I'm like, "Do you think I was going to tell a story that painted you in like a bad light?" He's like, "I don't know, man." Got to protect my brand. I'm like, I hear you, man. I'm I'm always out here protecting my brand. All right, let's see. Brooke Ranson says, what Stranger Things character were you most like in school? Hmm, no. Dustin. Not. Um, yeah, I guess Dustin, because none of the girls wanted to dance with him. You hear that, girls? You hear that, girls? Every one of you fucking girls didn't want to <laughs> fucking dance with me at the junior high dance. Where are you now? And where am I? Think about that. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is a good one. Just J O three one wants to know where's my science show hosted by Mr. Clark at? I'm not sure, man. Netflix spinoff. There you go. Yeah, I get I I I, I get that a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not Bill Nye the science guy, man. You could do I it. I am. I am not a smart man. Uh, but yeah, it'd be fun if they had someone that was actually like smart on the show explaining science to me, but yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I would love that. Like a Mr. Wizard with like Mr. Clark. Yeah. That'd be dope. But I don't think the Duffer brothers would ever allow that to happen. Honestly, maybe they could do it like when they had Karen Wheeler do the aerobics or the jazzercise video as a promo. You could do a little like a Mr. Clark science promo. Yeah. Yep. I like it. I like it. I like it. I did do a voiceover for. Um, yeah, you did the main one for the season. For the, for the season two, uh, for the season two dingy. That's pretty. I think that's pretty cool. One of the, I really liked when they had you do the um, when you hosted the red carpet. I thought it was pretty funny. When I think like was it David Harbour or was it Brett Gelman that was like it's you? Yeah, Brett Gelman didn't know who I was. I had to literally tell him who I was, and then he went, <laughs> "Oh yeah." I was like, "Jesus, seen the show much, bud?" How did that come about? Did you walk the red carpet and then you did it afterwards or they just had you host it? No, they like called me up like days before the premiere and they were like, hey, do you want to um, do you wanna come do this thing? And I was like, yeah, I was like, um, yeah, this is like this is like what I'm made for being funny and like uh, joking around with the cast. I I am mortified by doing an actual red carpet um, because I'm like, what, what am I supposed to do? Just like smile and like 
uh, like be handsome for the cameras. I'm like, I'm bad at that. Give me, can I be just funny? And they're like, yeah, you can be funny. And so they sent me a bunch of questions and they're like, you can add your own. So I was like, great. I'd spent like the entire flight writing questions and then like sent it over to them. And then when I got to the premiere, they were like, Oh yeah, here's all the questions that you, here's all the questions that you added. And I was like, you guys, you guys don't want me to not ask any of these. I was like, some of them are real stupid. They're like, we love it. That's like, great. I liked how you ended every interview with, I love you. <laughs> it, hap- it, it, it sort of happened spontaneously. I think um, David was my first and uh, it just sort of happened spontaneously. And then I realized that I was doing it every time and they were like, oh yeah, just keep doing that. All right. Uh, let's see. Ironwood River wants to know, what is your mustache care routine? Uh, you know, set it and forget it, baby. Just let it grow, man. Let them natural skin oils get in there. Uh, I have a cleansing conditioner that I, that I will use, uh, occasionally on it. I, I do have an also like a devoted beard cleaner that I will, um, use on it. Uh, and then I have also like a beard, uh, uh, like, like a beard balm type of, um, conditioner that I will use on it as well. But, uh, for the most part, I just leave it alone. But then when we're, when we're filming the next day, I want it to be a little supple. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if we're filming and stuff, then like, obviously there's going to get like, it's going to get like makeup and all sorts of, all sorts of stuff in it. So I will clean it, uh, and then condition it and then, uh, set in a little like overnight, uh, little, um, softener to use in it. It's a pretty, pretty intense process. Let's see. Clementine Lines wants to know. Oh, Clementine Lines always in the comments section. What up? <laughs> What's your favorite 80s reference that you'd like to see in future seasons? Interesting. Interesting. Um, I want to see a Lost Boys reference. Lost Boys is good. Lost Boys. What year is Lost Boys? Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's 87. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That'd be a good reference. Uh, they're worms, Michael. Um, uh, I feel like they've made all of them, um, that I would want to see. There's a Sam Raimi reference in season one because Jonathan's got an evil dead poster on his wall. Yeah. Um, we do the thing. The thing is, the thing is in there. Um, what else would be great? Uh, weird Al's in there. Maybe Devo. I think we've had any Devo in the, in the, in the series, but yeah, uh, I don't know. This is a good question. Clementine lines. Um, yeah, maybe some more John Carpenter, maybe some, um, maybe like, uh, Dawn of the dead. That might be seventies though. Uh, they did that though. Right. Because in season three, oh, yeah, everybody was watching the movies. The freaking theater. Yeah. Yep. They did it already. Well, yeah, and I think it was in the movie poster because they had like a Back to the Future movie poster on the wall, and then I think they had a Dawn of the Dead. I think. Yeah, no, that's definitely the movie that they're sneaking into uh, uh, at the beginning of season three. Um, so yeah, I think they buy a ticket to Back to the Future, or no, no, they sneak in the back door because uh, Ronald Steve puts them through. Yeah, yeah, Steve, Steve, Steve. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, I think they're. Ma- I think they make all the freaking references, man. Um, what else? Oh, there's something. There's something. I know there's like a song or something that I was like, oh my God, this would be so good. Ugh, then they do it. They do the, they did the Corey Hart song. Which one? Oh my God. 
they do they did a couple right i think sunglasses at night they did in season one and then in season three they did help me out here never surrender yeah yeah yeah, where mike and 11 are making out and he starts Mm -hmm. singing to her this is this is this is what is upsetting (laughs) about that if they make like a joke out of it and that song is so powerful (laughs) Like, no, man, that song is like a heartbreaker. Y'all need to play that song at the end of the season when, like, every when the, when the fellowship has been like broken. But uh, they had different ideas. They wanted to make a little gag out of my uh, <laughs> out of my jam. All right. So Livia S. Jorgen says, "Do you want Mr. Clark to help the kids more, or do you hope that he's a bad guy in secret?" I've heard that theory a lot that Mr. Clark is like secretly bad, secretly the villain. Yeah, a lot of my. Um, a lot of my friends watching season one were like, can't wait for this character to go bad. I'm like, not going to happen. He's a sweetheart. Uh, yeah. Mr. Clark's never going to go bad. Yeah. That, um, I, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I, I would love for Mr. Clark to be involved in the, in the adventures. But I think at this point, like we're too deep into the story for that to happen. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, that would have been fun. But then I also thought like, what, that that would be too it'd be fun for me it'd be great for my career but (laughs) i think as far as like the story goes i feel like it's like too too like buffy yeah um and um uh i think i think there was definitely a way to do it but um uh i think that they just sort of looked at it and i was like oh that's really too much like um uh, like the librarian character on Buffy, Giles. I was just thinking about Buffy the other day. I don't think that I ever watched the end of Buffy. I feel like when they did their last episode on the CW and like they found out the one girl was the key, spoiler, and then they moved over to the new network. I don't think I ever finished it. Like once there was a Buffy musical, I think I was out, but I think I need to go back. I think you do need to go back. Yeah, does it like Buffy like dies and they have to like go to like to like the after yeah, to, like, like save her. I think I watched two episodes when they like she died and they ended it and then they brought it back on another network and I think I watched like two episodes. And at the time I was not a fan, but maybe I would like it now. Who knows? Buffy was epic, man. I'm going to ask this question because I know that you like this guy and we love him because he does a lot of artwork for our podcast t-shirts. Kevco76 says, yeah. have you had any strange fan interactions? I know that you have, but yeah, for sure. Oh, trying to think of the weirdest ones. Um, I know you get a lot of messages uh, on your posts asking, like, uh, "Randy, marry me." You take any of those serious? <laughs> no, I've never married anyone. Never. I wish, I wish they were. I wish they were serious and they're asking me to marry them, but they're not. They're just joking around on the internet. <laughs> um, any wacky fan interactions? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, honestly, like most fans are like totally chill and normal. Um, especially like when you meet them at like conventions, it's like, that's like my favorite part. RIP conventions. Um, uh, like actually getting to meet the fans is like my favorite part of, um, doing stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I had a woman one time, like, uh, she like came up to the table, like talked or whatever. I like shook her hand and I'm like addicted to cold brew. So I had a Starbucks cold brew. And she was like, oh, your hand is so cold. Let me warm it up for you. And like goes to like cradle like my hand with like her other hand. I'm like, yeah, we ain't, we ain't doing that today, babe. That's not happening. 
get the fuck away from me and don't fucking touch me. You let her cradle, uh, you let her cradle your hand. I did not. Absolutely <laughs> did not. I pulled my fucking hand away and I was like, no, no, this ain't this ain't double hand holding time. We ain't good. We ain't good like that. I'll shake your hand, but it's you're you're not holding my hand unless we're like Taylor intimate. Swift. No, I'm a fan of Taylor Swift. I'm not. I'm not a freaking creepo. Have you ever met her? No. My God. What do you mean no? You're like a huge fan. You're a Swifty. I imagine meeting her would be cool. I'm not saying it in like a gross yeah, way. It would be awesome. <laughs> but guess what? I'll have that kind of pull. I anybody, think you do. If anybody, maybe we got some listeners out there that got some uh, some pull in the Taylor Swift community. But uh, yeah, would love, would love when Lover Tour happens in 2023. Um. Would love a meet and greet, man. Just a pick. Just a quick pick with Taylor. I promise I won't be creepy. I feel like you could get a meet and greet. Didn't Millie get a meet and greet? I mean, she's Millie, but. <laughs> get real, dude. Guess what? Millie's on a whole nother level. Millie's like, Millie's not a businessman. She's a business man. I'm just a fucking dude. I'm just a dude's lucky to have a fucking job. But yeah. Would love that. Would love to meet Taylor. But uh, when did you start listening to her music? I'm curious. Uh, I got into Taylor um, like truly as like an artist and like as like a, a legit like um, musical um, iconoclast in uh, with 1989. 1989 is is like one of the um, one of the best albums of the of the past decade. Um, like truly, like musically just like unmatched like if you can if you can if you can find a better crafted album than that like i want to i want to hear it other than taylor swift who are some banjo into uh digging that new carly ray jepson dedicated side b uh i have to go through my my recents here let's see let me see here um uh have you seen vox lux no, I just saw that it was available on Hulu. We don't have like cable or anything, but same. Uh, I I cut the cord. Um, I was just like not watching television at all. I was like, what is like? I I don't. I'm I'm paying like too much money to like not be watching television every day. I'm like, I just like watch stuff that's on streaming. So yeah, I got the HBO, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, and I'm like, okay, that's all I need. Um, and then I got like an HD antenna and then, uh, a DVR to DVR the stuff from the HD antenna, um, in case, uh, in case sports ever comes back. Um, so yeah, no Vox Lux with, uh, Natalie Portman. Um, Jude Law's in it, right? Jude Law as well. Um, uh, phenomenal movie, phenomenal movie. Um, but also great soundtrack. Uh, the songs are written by Sia and Scott Walker and, uh, uh, really good. Obviously, C is fantastic. Um, I was I was on a John Carpenter kick for a minute. Uh, John Carpenter is like soundtracks. Uh, well, John Carpenter is a musician as well, or was a musician as well. He like wrote all the all the music to his movies. Um, he he's a composer for his own um, movies. So, uh, yeah, like the thing they live Halloween. Like that's all. Like that that. The Halloween song, the legendarily epic Halloween song, is actually written by John Carpenter and composed by him. Uh, oh, Fetch the Bolt Cutters was really good. 
than a Fiona Apple. Uh, did not dig the new Childish Gambino. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Gambino fans. Uh, you know, he's cool. Like, when Tori was 10, I was trying to get her – like, there, I was trying to get her something cool, like a signed picture of him or something. And somebody was paying – you know, how they charge like a million dollars online. So I reached out to his agent and I was like, hey, could you just tell me if this is legit? Like, I want to buy it for my little sister as like a gift. She loves Donald Glover. And the agent was like, no, don't do that. That's stupid. I'm just going to talk to Donald. He's here. We're going to send you stuff. And they sent us like a giant package with like a CD that he had signed and like photos and everything for free. So I've always been Team Donald since then. That's great. That's great. I saw him. He actually – when he was still in school, when he was uh, uh, in um, NYU, was when he was at NYU, he uh, he and his sketch group came down to Atlanta um, and um, did a, a sketch group which was called Derek, um, yeah. and I think you can still find their stuff uh, on the internet. Um, uh, they've got some really funny. You can because uh, he does a uh, Black Peter Pan. Yeah, and uh, uh, Ellie Kemper from um, Kimmy Schmidt. The Office. Yeah, and Kimmy Schmidt was uh, <clears throat> is in a really funny skit that they did. Um, the very NSFW sketch, sketches, by the way. But yeah, they came down and performed at uh, a theater that I was like super into doing stuff at the time called Push Push. And uh, the artistic director of Push Push was Donald's acting teacher in high school because Donald went to uh, DSA. And um, so, uh, yeah, that was uh, Tim Habiger was... Um, the artistic director over at Push Push. Push Push was great, man. I miss those days. We There were some real... We were poor. We were young. We were making art. Um, and then there's so many like good things that came out of uh, out of Push Push. Uh, so, many good, so many good artists came out of Push Push. Um, uh, David Bruckner is a director... And um, looks like he's going to be taking over the the Hellraiser franchise right now. Um, and uh, that's David Bruckner uh, and and like all his peeps, man, got got their start making films at Push Push. So I know that you were saying that you were. He also did the Ritual, the Ritual the on ritual. Uh, Netflix, and he's got a new film called The Night House that um, uh, will come out, I guess, uh, when people go back to the movie theaters. You were saying that you weren't going to go to cons anymore. I don't know if you're kidding. Like, if there, if a vi- like, if there's a, an antidote to the virus, are you still not going to do cons? Or are you not going <laughs> to? They're called know. vaccines. They're called vaccines. <laughs> My uh, brain. I have like a brain fart. I couldn't think for a second. But like, I know you're really is, big at if improv. If there is an anti, if there is an anti venom, um, Randy, be cool, man. Uh, and no, I won't. I, I can't. Forgot. I forgot. You forgot. How much of a fucking sass I was! I haven't uh, left my house in three months. I don't know if I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I do cons again. Um, but what about uh, improv? Because you love if, doing improv. No, I don't. Oh, you don't? I I mean, I used to do it. Um, nowadays, nowadays you got to pay me that money. <laughs> hey, hey, you got to give me that money. Sorry, but improv doesn't um, pay anything. And um, this guy's got to eat. I've become very accustomed to having three meals a day. Like 10 coffees? Uh, just to, uh, This is probably my last coffee of the day, honestly. I'm a little hype right now. I had to, I had to pop it up. I had to get it. <laughs> I had to get up. had to get up to do the podcast. <laughs> so had to crank it. Had to crank it up. So I did two mason jars. 
cold brew coffee, homemade cold brew coffee, folks. You can make it. You can make it at home. You don't have to go to Starbucks. Kilby graduated from uh, first grade, and they did the thing like via an online kind of presentation. And, Way to go, Kilby. And one of the teachers was from another class. They had to like say, oh, you know, Michelle did great. And one of the teachers said, I was so happy to see Michelle the other day at the Starbucks. And Josh and I are like, what? Why are people taking their kids to the Starbucks? And why is a teacher going to the Starbucks? It was rough, but. My, my Starbucks is not open for walk-in service. My Starbucks is drive through only. And I'm like, here's the thing about drive through That's so bad. That's so bad to just keep your car running that whole time. Never had to just make my cold brew at home. You make that and cold not, brew. And not kill any of the trees. You should make a video to go with this podcast. Um, people won't understand it, but it'll just be you making a cold brew in your kitchen. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I will. I will actually do that. Um, uh, um, maybe, I'll put it on my, maybe I'll put it on my TikTok. I don't have a TikTok. I'll never see it. it. Turns out you don't have to have tick. You don't have to have a TikTok to watch TikTok. We talked about this earlier, and a woman with the freaking face thing came from a TikTok. Can, oh, that's right, the gas station. You're right. You told me. You can, don't, don't, don't worry. I'll put it on my other socials, and I'll fucking link it. I'll be like, this is for the Upside Down podcast. This is how I make my cold brew. I'll even include how I make my overnight oats. Amazing. I think, get that, I think that has to be included. You'll get a twofer. You got to wear one of our shirts. Yeah, got to wear the uh, got to wear my um, my upside down podcast shirt. But you won't see me in the video. But I will be wearing the shirt. <laughs> Lies. I actually have a shirt for you that uh, that fan Brett made for us, where he drew the image of you, the Mr. Clark. Oh, the Mr. Clark loves. We took some. Podcast? We took some liberties, but yeah, we just assumed Mr. Clark loved the upside down podcast. Yeah, he probably does. If Mr. Clark is alive in 2020, if he hasn't died of coronavirus because he's so <laughs> old, he definitely would listen to the Upside Down podcast and he would go like, oh, these guys remind me of my students back in the, back in the day. My students, they were called the Hawkins AV Club and they were the best kids in the land. And this Upside Down podcast reminds me of them so much. I'm dying. I'm not dying. I'm okay. I'm maintaining social distancing, and I'm only going to the grocery store during senior hours. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we did it. I think I think this is it. I think this is the podcast. I think you're right. I think we did do it. I don't think I don't it's... know. I don't know what we did, but we did it. <laughs> Nothing's gonna top this until it's we. A, it, and... This is a this is a fucking mess. It's amazing. We got oats. We got cold brew. We got Taylor Swift. We got. ASMR. We covered all the bases. We, we've got uh, massacres. We even talked about Stranger Things. We did occasionally talk about. Probably like dip the toe <laughs> in a little show I like to call Stranger Things. All right. So what we're gonna do is uh, for people that don't know, I'm sure everybody knows, but if they want to find you on social media, don't. <laughs> Please don't find me on social media. No good can come of this. Guys, Randy answers DMs. You should flood his box. I don't answer DMs. He loves getting messages. Ask him about acting. Ask him about how to get on Stranger Things. Yeah, definitely. Definitely hit me up. I got <laughs> tons, tons of advice. People have really gotten mad at me about that. 
I'm this podcast going on forever because I have nothing to do. So <laughs> it has been two hours. We've been at this for two hours. And I don't even know that we've said anything. Oh, and you I'm, know what? I'm, I'm still going. I'm still going. You're gonna have to like stop. You're just gonna have to stop recording and go, Randy. I finished. Hey, wait. You... Read me. Read me some of those books on your shelf. What's some of those books we got going on? What do we got? Yeah, let's see. We got the Dancing Wooly Masters, which is uh, um, uh, uh, drawing parallels between uh, Zen mysticism and quantum physics. Very deep shit. <laughs> we got. The Ordeal of Gilbert Penfold by Evelyn Waugh. Evelyn Waugh is a man. It's not a lady. It's about a guy who goes crazy. Um, we've got a short guide to writing about film. This is, a, a, I believe, a book that I had to get for a college, a college course. I got a biograph- an autobiography by Lenny Bruce, How to Talk Dirty and Influence People. I was just having a conversation about Lenny Bruce uh, just, just last night, this man went to prison so that you could have the right to cuss in public. What a hero. What a hero. I got a play called The Firebugs by Max Frisch. It's German. Uh, it's very, it's very interesting. It's about people who like to set fires. Uh, got another Chuck... Palinup book called Stranger in Fiction. I believe this is a book of uh, essays by Chuck Palinup. Hey, I've got that book. Um, I got a book called Free Play by Stephen Nachmanovich. Improvisation in Life and Art. Um, uh, Impro for Storytellers. Another book about improv. Why do I still have these books? Um, Truth and Comedy, another book about improv. I got a book called Here's and Here's the Kicker. I'm just going through all of them. I should just pick my favorite ones. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, this, this is one of my favorite ones. Uh, this is called uh, Lust Mord. It is the writings and artifacts of murderers. And it is just filled with uh the like diary entries and artwork of murderers. Um, it's real fucked up and I'm a sick person. Um, but yeah, this was like, um, uh, I'm just fascinated by that, by the, um, the mind of, uh, of murderers. Um, because I, I think being an actor, um, I'm so curious about like what, what drives people and like, it's so far outside of my like, like realm of like thinking to go like, like killing someone. Like I couldn't, I couldn't uh, imagine like how you would get to that point, you know? Yeah. Um, and like how you get to the point of like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to, I've killed someone now. I'm going to keep killing someone. So that fascinates me. So, um, I am, uh, truly fascinated with, uh, uh, murderers, um, and, um, and the way that their minds work. Uh, and so maybe one day I'll, uh, 
get to portray one. But probably not. We're probably probably never gonna probably never gonna get out of this alive. We're gonna get out. We're gonna be fine. Let's see. We're we'll gonna see. meet up at the Carter Library. That's right. That's right. We will. I also have a shit ton of books by the great author Philip K. Dick, um, who's a great uh, pulp sci-fi author in the fifties and sixties uh, and seventies, um, who he- was. Crazy. Uh, I use it. Uh, this is how you know I'm from Georgia. He was crazy. He's crazy as a shit house rat. Um, he was cuckoo, he was cuckoo bananas. He was uh, he was hooked on the speed and um, and his mind went to some crazy places. But he was like prophetic in his uh, like the places that he went. Like um, his stories are. Uh, Incredibly influential, and um, uh, every um, every great sci-fi um, work since then has been influenced by him. He is um, uh, there would be no there would be no The Matrix without uh, Philip K. Dick. He wrote uh, a novel called Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which is what Blade Runner was based on. Um, I had to read that in grad school. It was like a whole thing we studied for like two months. That book is really interesting. You got to you got to just study that book for two months. Oh my god, you're so lucky, so lucky. I just read it like a book. <laughs> but yeah, I'd love it's to. The best dig, way to do it. Dig deep, but yeah, no, I was like, I was like neck deep in Philip K. Dick for years. Um, he was just brilliant. And crazy. Um, so yeah, that's what you get. That's what you get. There's a whole, there's a whole there's a whole bunch of other stuff in there, but those are the highlights. Philip K. Dick, honestly, is like the the cream of the crop. That's my that's the that's the pride and joy. That's the pride and joy in my library. I'm a simple man with simple tastes. <laughs> I like alternate universes. Which is crazy because you know we get to we get to stranger things. Whoever it's mini worlds interpretation. Did you watch that new Nicolas Cage movie, The uh, Color of Space, or what, what, did, or Color Out of Space? That's, that's cover, Color Out of Space. Yeah, that's um, very Lovecraftian. Yeah, we just watched it. Uh, wild man, wild. I, I was watching that. and I was like, is is Nicolas Cage doing a Donald Trump impression? Well, he was so low key, and then he was low key until, until the car yeah. color came from out of space, <laughs> and then woo, he popped off. Woo! Nothing in this world compares to Nicolas Cage when he pops off. That man has got it going on. Did you see Mandy? Of course I did. The Cheddar Goblin. Mm. Mm. Oh yeah, Shane Shane Morton made the Cheddar Goblin. Did you know? Did you know that? The origin of the Cheddar Goblin? He's in Atlanta, right? I don't. I I know that he brings it to the plaza sometimes, and I've missed it every time. Yeah, oh, he's a Cheddar Goblin vomited on me when I went to see Mandy at the plaza. Um, uh, yeah, Shane Morton does all the um makeup for Your Pretty Face Is Going to Hell, which I mentioned earlier because of Henry Zabrowski from last podcast on the left. And Your Pretty Face Is Going to Hell was created by Casper Kelly and Dave Willis, and Casper Kelly wrote and directed the commercial for Cheddar Goblin. Oh, okay. Uh, he basically got a call from the Spectrovision people, and they were like, hey, can you do this? 
they were like, we showed um, uh, Cosmos, Cosmos, Cosmatos, your uh, stuff, and he thinks you'd be great to direct this commercial that we want to put in the movie. Oh, I didn't know that. It's like, sure. And he thought it was just going to be like in the background. He didn't know that like Nicolas Cage was going to watch the entire commercial and then go Cheddar Goblin. <laughs> Cheddar Goblin. His life is fulfilled. Uh, oh my God. If Nicolas Cage, if I found out Nicolas Cage saw me in anything, boom, I could die happy. Maybe you'll get to work with him in something. And when I found out Weird Al, like, saw me listening to Weird Al, I was like, there we go. There we go. My life's work is complete. Every day, every day something new happens. Tom Savini followed me on Twitter. I was like, I'm done. You know what I just thought about? This has nothing to do with that. My friend, his best friend plays guitar for Taylor Swift. <laughs> I wonder if I could get you passes to meet her. <laughs> Let's make it happen, Randy. Way to bury the fucking lead. <laughs> what the fuck? I totally forgot. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, let's stay in touch. <laughs> cool. Well, I appreciate you. I can't believe I can't believe you waited that long. I, waited I forgot that about it. It slipped my mind. I totally forgot. Would love that. I'd love that. All right. I'll see what I can do. Uh, I would be forever in your debt. Cool. Well, I think this, I think this is it, Randy. I think I have I to go. I think it is. I, I think, think it I have is. to go make dinner. And yeah, I think you I, have some coffee and some oats to make. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do. I do actually have to make some videos for you. Yeah. I'm going to expect those. I want to tag. We lose 500 followers a day. <laughs> we need help. Any, any, anything I could do for the Upside Down podcast, you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> I'll do it for you. I will do it for you. Cool. Well, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for taking time to talk to us today. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for um, giving me another human to speak to. You got this. Um, disappointed wanna... that uh, I didn't get the video portion of this chat. <laughs> I told you it was going to be a phone chat. I know. And then I, got, I, I got a video. I got to see you it You got all. a video because like, I can't. I can't do that. I can't just like listen to someone. So I'm just like, I'll just look at my face the whole time. See, I'm the opposite. If I have the video happening, then I'm distracted by like, I can see myself and it is upsetting. <laughs> so I like to just hear the voice, hear what I'm, I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. 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 What Don't judge me. Don't judge me. What happens when you have to talk to someone? Oh, oh, because you're talking to someone in real life. You can see them. You don't see yourself. Yeah. It's kind of like a delayed reaction. Like I'm, I'm looking at your face on the screen, but then I'm seeing myself and I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't like it. You know Next time we meet in real life, I'm going to have a mirror behind me. <laughs> and make him look at yourself the whole time. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a blast. I'm sorry I ruined this whole episode by being an, uh, a jackass, but um, that's what you, you it- get. That's what you get when you get Randy on your podcast. I'm pretty sure you made it better. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how the votes go. All right, dude. I appreciate you. We'll see how many stars this episode gets. Zero. We don't get ratings. <laughs> no ratings. Thanks, Randy. Thank you. Bye. So Have a good day. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Upside Down Podcast hosted by Sisters Ash and Tori. For more information, visit our website at theupsidedownpod.com. You can also contact us at theupsidedownpod at gmail.com as well as follow us on our Facebook and Instagram under the Upside Down Podcast. Episodes are released every other Monday, so be sure to subscribe. If you love the podcast, be sure to review us on whatever you listen to us on. Thanks again. Stay strange. <laughs>